Hello and welcome to this special podcast recorded in celebration of National Podcast Day, a day on which the whole world feasts, dances, exchanges gifts and embarrasses itself at the office party, all while listening to the extensive back catalogues of My Dad Wrote a Porno and WTF with Mark Maron. My name is Jim, I'm in the production team here at Speed and we've made quite a lot of podcasts, well over 150 episodes last year alone, so maybe we know a bit about what we're talking about, or maybe not. Either way, you'll find out in the next 20 minutes or so as we present this special one-off, never to be repeated unless it's really successful episode of what we're calling Even Your Favourite Podcast Has a Podcast. The Podcast. I'm joined around the Porter studio today by three excellent collaborators, colleagues and confidants. Might I go as far as to call them friends? No, no I wouldn't. They're fine. They're decent. I joke of course. My three colleagues joining me today are very real friends. They're very dear and they're called Caroline. Hello. Sean. Hello. And Harley, who's a woman. Hi. How are we all doing? Feeling very womanly. <laughs> As ever. Still getting over that intro. That was, yeah. Did you like wonderful. it? Yeah, it was quite something. It's a bit of a rush. Yeah, hard stopping at one point. That's <laughs> <laughs> where that was going. Anyway, thank you very much for your time today. You're all busy people. We'd like to just to chat about the joy of podcasting, the joy of listening to podcasts. So I think probably an interesting and obvious place to start is which podcast you listen to. Has that changed over the years? Are you listening to more podcasts than you used to? Or is it something you're growing out of sean let's start with you what's on your podcast playlist oh there's a few things um one of which is the new york times podcast just like a music critical review podcast understand understandably around music um with some amazing new yorkers with great accents who kind of praise and also rip to shreds lots of their favorite music um, I also listen to... Is it, is it American-centric or is it it's, a, a, well, British, a British listener? Is, is there stuff for, for British music? Yeah, fans? definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's talking about lots of kind of mainstream acts, um, lots on hip-hop, pop, electronic, rock, all that good stuff. Sounds great. Is this, yeah. a, is this a new discovery or has it been a, a long-term relationship? I've probably been listening to it for maybe two years. Bit of a like pandemic discovery. Yeah. So it's got me through some hard times. That's good. And that's what audio can do. And we'll come back to talk about that. Uh, Caroline, what's on your, your podcast menu? So I started off uh, the podcast journey. I, I, th- I would think like a lot of people really getting into the true crime stuff. And then um, the pandemic came along and I just wasn't listening to podcasts at home suddenly, which was weird because I was just at home. Um, But then on those government walks, remember when we were doing those? um, I started to listen to this podcast that uh, Josh Widdicombe and Rob Beckett were making called Lockdown Parenting Hell. And as the mother of a then 16-month-old, 
Um, it was a hard relate, that podcast. And everything that they said was just laugh out loud funny. And so that those episodes just came thick and fast. And happily, it's just turned into a parenting hell podcast, which again, I think anybody that's lived through the pandemic or indeed just ever with a child it's, can relate to. It's consistently top five in the podcast charts. Every, it's every so, and they have great guests on there and guests that have got older kids, guests that have had to look after their, their nieces and nephews and, and then love the variety. And the, the guests are spectacular. And then they have little kids trying to say their names every week, which, you know, is the first laugh out loud of the episode. So yeah, very, very good. Love that. And then I've got a real passion for music as well. So you can just go down these rabbit holes, can't you, with podcasts of people recommending stuff on social and your friends recommending stuff. But um, but soundtracking with Edith Bowman, something that's really got me mm, and didn't so realise that that sort of started a long time before I picked it up. So went back over those episodes and just soaked them up and I think that's one of the things I love about getting into a podcast series is that you can really just immerse yourself and get a little bit obsessed with it I agree I agree Harley Cole so a few months ago I started listening to the power hour which is hosted by Adrienne Herbert it's a weekly podcast um she is a lifestyle and wellness coach which isn't normally the kind of thing I would pick up but I thought I'd listen to something different um I'd heard really good things about it and so I started listening to that sort of every week um the premise of the podcast came from an idea that she had she was finding that she didn't have enough time in her day um to do the things that she wanted to do and so she thought you know what I'll get up an hour earlier every day and she does she gets up at 5 30 and goes for a run but that's that's it that's her that's her hour that's her power hour um and she found that by getting up earlier, obviously forced her to go to bed earlier so that she got enough sleep. But also going for that run for an hour in the morning gave her the motivation and the kind of good headspace to start the day with. And she found that actually, ultimately, she was much more productive than she normally would have been. Um, and she managed to start squeezing extra things into the day. She's a mum. Um, and she was finding she could spend more time with her son. She wasn't tired and her kind of brain fog was sort of not as bad as before. And so she started a podcast talking to all manner of different kinds of people. She's talked to nurses and scientists and DJs and sports people and athletes and all of these kinds of people about the things that they do that motivate them, the things that they've done in their careers that have helped them to kind of keep sort of being innovative and pushing themselves. And it's actually been really interesting. It's I have enjoyed it far more than I actually thought I would, quite truthfully. I'd really recommend listening to it. Thank you. Um, for me, if you're interested... Um, we are. Good. I've started listening to more... Po- I used to, you know, for years, huge sort of radio addict during my sort of day-to-day life but podcasts have really sort of taken over pretty much almost exclusively from live radio but for me off menu which is consistently funny and it's about food james acaster ed gamble it's just just funny always funny um for me also americast um, which has been relaunched with with new presenters about american politics bbc podcast which is excellent and i guess an example of a podcast that has the niche of podcasts this this example suggests why that why niche is never a problem with podcasts in fact it's a thing to be celebrated um for a long time i've been a huge fan of the the series the west wing 
The West Wing's the greatest TV ever made. Certainly the first four series. And I watched it whenever I first watched it in the early 2000s. Um, in lockdown, I started watching West Wing from the start. I had time on my hands, as we all did. And I discovered that there was a podcast called The West Wing Weekly, in which uh, Rishi Kesh Hirway, who is behind the Song Exploder podcast, which is also fantastic. Love that. And Joshua Molina, who was in The West Wing, did a podcast per episode of The West Wing. So I would watch the episode in the evening and the next morning go for my government walk, listening to them discuss the episode that I watched just the night before. And they had guests from, from you know, you, you could hear it grow. I didn't, I didn't, didn't listen to it in real time. Most, most have been recorded before I started this. But uh, you could hear it growing in confidence and scope when they brought guests in from the cast and from the writers, from the production team. And, you know, as a real West Wing geek, it was absolute joy from start to finish. It's funny. It was interesting. It was an insight into how the show was made. And apparently it did wonders for, you know, people coming to the West Wing for the first time, driving a whole did. new audience. Yeah. But as a West Wing, as a West Wing kind of uh, nut, it was just wonderful to hear that kind of granular geeky safe space for those that just wanted to sort of just indulge in, in a world that you loved and I think that is a huge thing that podcasts can do and I, that's the next question really is what is it about audio as, as a medium why are we having this sort of podcast boom what is it about podcasts that, that connects with people and continues to do so Caroline any thoughts I, th I think the, there's two things that you said that I, I would definitely pick up on firstly is the niche aspect of podcasts you know we've all got so many things that we listen to watch all the time and everything that we consume is really really personal um, one of the podcasts I got really I, I love the New Order um, kind of Joy Division era and, and that kind of music and I got totally obsessed with the Transmissions podcast um, which was narrated by Maxine Peake who was just perfect in narrating that story there was loads of stuff that I heard in that that I hadn't heard before and the fact that you can just immerse yourself in this very sort of single focused world of just that music and just that time era with that you know authentic voice in the background as well sort of taking you through the story I just love that you can do that with podcasts and then the other thing is where podcasts can cross over. So Line of Duty had the podcast. So it's where that TV world kind of comes into podcasts and what else podcasts can do in that space to bring other um, other pieces of communication and other um, kind of platforms to life because it is so personal and it's direct in your ears and it kind of, if you're listening to it in headphones, it just goes into your brain and there's something really personal and very intimate about that. And that's what I like about both of those things. Sean, same question to you. As a, as a podcast fan, as a podcast why fan, do you keep subscribing? Why do you keep coming back? I think it's definitely that personal angle. So one podcast I really love is a podcast called Homo Sapiens. Um, it's a kind of LGBTQ plus focused conversational topics, guests, all this kind of stuff. And I think definitely being part of that community, there's, there is some really niche content in there and there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't have even been exposed to. So there was a recent episode with a gay farmer who runs like a, I think it's a project called Agrispect and it's all around diversity and inclusion for farmers. And it was super interesting and just like his experience as a gay farmer. Then you've also got people like 
Billy Porter and uh, Monroe Bergdorf. And it's just like a really nice kind of celebration of the community, which is, I think, accessible for people outside of the community. But also they get lots of listeners who kind of comment in and say, this is literally like a form of therapy for me in terms of stuff you talk about. And I think that's amazing to just be able to engage with. Totally agree. Harley, there's been a crossover of late, I think, as we found within within the agency, where corporate entities are beginning to make podcasts. You know, we've we've made, I don't know how many we've made, but it is well over 150 last year. We've done more since then. Why do you think this format is moving to, you know, not moving to, but expanding to, to, to the corporate uh, arena away from just people listening to what they like, you know, while they're doing their exercising or doing their hoovering? What is it about podcasts that can appeal to, to a corporate audience? I think it's, in the kind of corporate world, it's sometimes slightly more difficult to engage in creative content that's relevant. And I think it's it's really great that this, there's this thing here. You have people um, that will talk from their opinions, uh, um, from lots of different perspectives about all of these different subjects. I think it's a way of reaching customers, isn't it? In a, in a way that doesn't feel in, intrusive. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think rather than making as you as you say, Ali, quite rightly, sit down and read this document or watch this video, it means that you can talk to customers whilst they're doing other things or potential customers, you know, and, and talk around an issue that's relevant to your company. It doesn't need to be kind of exclusively on message. It, you know, there's a much more of a, a sort of a, a broader spectrum of of opinion, and it's not just about selling. You you can you can do great things for your brand in a way that feels conversational. In a way that we're really used to now. We're really used to consuming information and learning history and being educated and, and being encouraged to think outside of our, our normal sphere of, of information and, and education and to really kind of push ourselves to take on more knowledge. And we're all used to listening to podcasts now. You know, it's quite a quite a um a common common form of communication. And I think companies adopting it only means that they understand that that's a great way for people to consume information. There's an intimacy to audio as well, isn't there? The fact that it's in your head, it's in your head space. It really is, yeah. In a way that, you know, video relies on other senses. <laughs> Eyes, fundamentally. Just to help you out there with your understanding of how the medium works. But no, there's something about having a voice in your head that you're carrying around with you. And actively it, pressing play. Like I'm into this. I'm, I'm choosing to do in this. this. Yeah, it's 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 intimate. It's, it's a really, it's a really powerful relationship. I think um, great. I'm you know I'm a huge fan. I think we are as a team huge fans of podcasts. We are. And let's make more. <laughs> we should put a list together of our favourites and put them somewhere. We could write a blog. Oh my goodness! A, a blog to support our podcast. Oh, goodness me! <laughs> and a social post. Sean, oh. you could put you could do something on Instagram. I will <laughs> say. I will say. I I think podcasts are very well well a lot of them are very well marketed and i think a lot of the presenters and topics and all this stuff feel quite accessible mm. so i often find there's like facebook groups or some kind of social media group around a podcast or there's like now like live events so some yeah. of the bigger ones you you know you've got that level of it's almost like being part of a club i think yeah. it's that kind of community aspect even the ones which are really big still yeah. have that level of you know the presenters feel accessible you feel like you are in a group with like-minded people i would like to go to jesse Ware's kitchen though yeah me too <laughs> and meet her mum yeah yeah the other thing about podcasting is that there is no set rule i mean the format can be 
the format you want. You can design the podcast and then have another episode where you do something completely different. It doesn't really matter. It feels like a more improvisational form at times. It feels like there's freedom to, to do things just for the hell of doing them. What, like having a really random section on a, you know, a really kind of out there topic in the middle of your podcast? That that could be what I mean, yeah. I think, you know, we, we begin talking in quite meta ways about, you know, we're making a podcast about podcasts. And then and you can pivot to another topic and no one minds, especially if you have a jingle. That's disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Really built that up then. What is your favourite? What is your favourite cheese to eat? What is your favourite? What is your favourite cheese to eat? What is your favourite? What is your favourite cheese to eat? What is your favourite? What is your favourite cheese to eat? Stilton. What? Contact. <laughs> Organzola. Dorset Blue Vinny. Comte. Beaufort. Cornish Yard. Mature English Cheddar. What is your favourite? What is your favourite cheese to eat? What is your favourite? <laughs> what is your favourite cheese to eat? What is your favourite? What is your favourite cheese to eat? What is your favourite? What is your favourite cheese to eat? As jingles go, it's quite long. (laughs) 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 I was aiming for ten seconds. And uh, it's about three minutes, two and a half minutes, nearly two minutes. But I, I think it's wow. real. I think wow. every second is justified. Wow! Um, is this the part we talk about cheese then? Quickly, um, because uh, we've got to wrap this up for the for the listeners. But uh, uh, a cheese you would not live without. I'm going to say a Westcombe cheddar. Excellent. It's zingy. It's Somerset, and it's delicious at Christmas. Sean, cheese. What's your favourite, as the jingle asks, what's your favourite cheese to eat? I'm going to say a goat's cheese, because I think it's quite versatile. Like, it's lovely with another selection of fine cheeses, but it's also great with, like, a salad or a steak or whatever you want. Controversial, but I, I'm, I'm here for it. And lost on the medium of audio was Harley's face when he said <laughs> Harley's not, not here for goat's cheese. Harley, same question to you. What is your favourite cheese to eat? I'm going to be really basic and say I bloody love a camembert. It's all oh, gooey. Yeah. You put it in the oven, you stick all the rosemary and the garlic and the loveliness in it, like proper mature, mature camembert. Stick it in the oven for half an hour. Dip some lovely bread in there at Christmas with a mm-hmm. glass of red wine. or a, Oh, it's just lush. Delicious. Fantastic. Jim? Uh, uh, it's too many to list, but if, you, if you're forcing me into a, we are. a cheesy headlock, um, <laughs> I would say... Uh, I'd probably stay a, a really, really old, stinky Stilton. Like just, just the, the the sour slap of, of bitterness around your face, sort of with a sort of creamy undertone. There's so many great French cheeses that I could talk about: Cantal, Conte, Beaufort, as all referenced in the in the in the jingle. Mm. Um, but yeah, one cheese that just makes me happy. It's a it's a very, very old, stinky Stilton. Stinky Stilton.
which was also my nickname at school. <laughs> you little nasty. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for your time, Caroline. Thank you for being on the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Sean, thank you for being on the podcast. A pleasure. Harley Cole, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. You have been listening to Even Your Favourite Podcast has a podcast, The Podcasts. We are Speed. Get in touch if you want to make podcasts with us. We'd love to talk to you. Thanks very much. And to play us out, <laughs> everyone's favourite jingle. There we go. Yeah. It reminds me of um, Jez from Peep Show. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll take that as a compliment. What's your favourite? What is your favourite cheese to eat? What's your favourite? What is your favourite cheese to eat? What's your favourite? What is your favourite cheese to eat? Stilton. Contact.